Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Uh, I don't normally do a broadcast on a Monday, but I've been watching today the extraordinary things going on in Parliament with the, 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 the new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, basically tearing up the previous plans of the, the, Chancellor, the, the, the last Chancellor who was sacked only on Friday, Kwasi Kwarteng. And these were plans to uh, increase spending and reduce taxation. And, and the markets didn't like it, right? So we saw uh, last week that Kwasi Kwarteng was recalled from America where he was in meetings with the, the central bankers like the World Bank and IMF. And he was pulled back to the UK and sacked uh, as he almost got off the plane. I think he was sacked on Twitter. And basically he's been replaced by somebody who speaks their language that, that wants to do things the banker's way and, and the market's way. So we've seen this extraordinary situation of um, almost wondering who's running the government. Is it uh, is it the prime minister or is she listening to, to, to central bankers and, and, and doing what they want to do, do their bidding? Uh, and, you know, we've even got the, the Bank of England speaking out, openly speaking out against the government and, and criticising the government in veiled ways, um, which, which I also find extraordinary, considering they're supposed to be civil servants. So... It's it's a really difficult situation for the government now and for Liz Truss. Jeremy Hunt has come in, and he's calmed the ship. Uh, he, he's a, a pre uh, an experienced MP and uh, former uh, health secretary for a former minister who's held positions in in governments before. So he sort of stood up and calmed the markets and said, you know, we're going to scrap the the plans for uh, a reduction in corporation tax we're going to limit the the energy uh, which was really like an open-ended check the the support for people's energy bills going up to, to six months only till, till next April so whereas it previously was going to be two years so th this is uh, a, a big u-turn and it and it's a bit embarrassing for Liz Truss because obviously the mini budget plans were also her plans right they, they weren't just something that this minister over there does. That's the chancellor over there. I mean, Liz and Kwasi Kwarteng were close friends and allies. They wrote a book together. They live on the same street, not Downing Street, but their actual previous residential homes is on the same street. Uh, so he's out. Anyway, it's like, it's almost like somebody's told him, get rid of this guy. He's, he's not speaking the same language as us. So he's gone. I mean, they brought in Jeremy Hunt, who incidentally did not support... Uh, Liz Truss in the, the leadership campaign. He was a Rishi Sunak uh, supporter. And I think the reason the Conservative membership wanted Liz Truss because she was, is because she was going to do something different. She was going for growth. She said, we've had years of low growth. We want to go for growth now. And, and that means uh, cutting taxes to encourage businesses, cutting corporation taxes, reviewing the changes to IR35, which which uh, it's really a problem for, for many uh, self-employed contractors who have limited companies like IT people and so on. And I, I thought a lot of their measures were, were, were very good, but the, the, the markets didn't like it. Who are, I mean, the markets, who are they? Bankers, I guess. Uh, Stockbrokers, markets. Uh, they didn't like it. The pound fell to almost parity with the dollar. Uh, since then, the pound had actually gone up by about 10%. But, you know, now we've got, Somebody who is more like Rishi Sunak, who, who's, who's, who's not going to reduce taxes and wants to 
calm the markets and do what the markets say. He's even set up a new advisory board uh, to to advise him. It's uh, the the Office of Budget Responsibility. I'm not sure what's happening with them, but uh, he set up a new one, and a couple of people who are on it are asset managers and J.P. Morgan, someone from J.P. Morgan. So if that's not the the banks and the markets telling the government what to do, I, I don't know what is. Uh, but anyway, that's another another story. Um, so several MPs have pointed out that the the rate of borrowing, yet while it has come down, is still high. The rate of that, that, that which the government plays pays, which is the bond market, the gilt market, has come down a bit, but it's still high. And this gilt market, the ten year uh, gilt, uh, the ten year bond, uh, is is uh, but it is is used by lenders, banks to to base their fixed rate mortgages on. So they are still high. There's no immediate prospect of them coming down. Uh, and the Bank of England has said last week that they're going to put up rates by more than expected in November. So it'd be interesting to see if, if rates do calm down a bit, uh, the, these rate rises, but it doesn't look like rates are going to come down. And the, the, the last uh, broadcast I did, uh, which I put out yesterday, said that I think these high interest rates are killing the buy-to-let market as we know. Yes, you can still go out and buy a property for cash and let it out and get a yield depending on which part of the country it's in. I mean, in London, you might get 2 or 3% yield. In in the, the north, you, you could get as much as 10% yield for, for, very, for much cheaper properties. Uh, but if you're borrowing money and you're getting, say, an average of 5% yield, but you're paying 7 or 8% on your mortgage, and you're borrowing, say, 75%, it just doesn't add up. In fact, the lender wouldn't even give you 75% when the payments are. So check out that my last uh, broadcast on YouTube, and you can see how I've, I've broken it down and said that, look, something's got to give here. Either prices are going to have to come down, or interest rates will come down, or investors are not going to invest in the market using borrowed money. And, and most investors will want to to borrow as much and use other people's money, as, as I sort of talk about in my book, Borrow and Grow Rich, the, the use of other people's money, the use of leverage to, to, to get you there faster. To, and, and the wealth have used leverage for centuries. So, you know, without that, that, that uh, ability to use leverage, you know, the buy-to-let market is, is going to severely suffer because most buy-to-let investors need mortgages. And in fact, you know, if an, if an investor had a couple of hundred thousand pounds, they would generally not put all of that into one deal. They would try and buy several properties with that money, using that money as deposits. But I think a lot of people are going to get caught out. And also residential buyers with, with mortgage rates going up, with fixed rates now 6% plus for two and five year fixed rates, they are going to be severely limited on how much they can borrow. And that means that the market for, that they're looking at, the first time buyer market, will have to come down because there won't be anybody buying. So what's going to happen? Some people are forecasting a fall in property prices next year of, of anything, depending on uh, how wage growth and, and rates and that sort of thing, of anything between five and 25, 30%. But we don't know how much buy because it depends on the markets. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if property prices in that sort of first time buyer area uh, at the lower end of the market does come down by 10 15 percent or, or thereabouts you know so that's not exactly a market crash as such 
uh, but it but it will affect the market. And you know, if you look at the larger properties, um, they're not the people buying you know, multi-million-pound properties are not so affected by mortgage rates. Uh, and people who own those houses, many of them own it without mortgages. Uh, they're perhaps more you know their buyers that bought several properties over the years. They may be part of this baby boomer generation that bought these properties when they're very cheap. So they haven't got to worry about expiring fixed rates as you know more recent buyers will have to worry about because when their rates expire and the BBC said 200,000 people next year will need to change their mortgage or remortgage. So when these uh, rates expire, people are going to get a, a nasty shock. Their rates are going to go up from say two to 6%. That's 300%. That's three times triple the rates that they were paying before. And you know their payments could go up by several hundred pounds a month at a time when they're already struggling to meet higher food prices, energy bills, and and just general inflation of everything from petrol to, to, to electricity and gas and the things that they buy every day in their own household. So that's not great news. I'm, I'm just telling you what's going on today. I can't give you any better news. But what I can say is that what everybody needs to do is get themselves financially educated. Because if you don't understand what's going on in the market, uh, then you need to get financial education. You, you need to know what's going on. Then you can make the right decisions. Um, you know, I get questions all the time. Well, should I buy a property this year? Should I wait for next year? What should I do? Well, well, the answer is to get yourself educated financially. I don't mean going back to university or school, but check out some of my training, for instance. I offer free training to help you, uh, you know, get your finances under control and, and start to build real wealth in just 28 days. It's a very short program that I can offer you to, to really turn things around in, in just 28 days. So check that out on the link in the description and then uh, you can get yourself back on track. So if, if you are struggling financially, then this is this is something you, you definitely need. Uh, anybody who is struggling financially or hasn't got any savings, and you know I said the other day that a quarter of people in Britain have less than a thousand pound in savings. And bear in mind, we've, we've lived through the most prosperous age in our history. Uh, we, we've lived through a very prosperous time. And uh, it's and yet still people are retiring uh, almost broke or without enough money to retire and on, dependent on benefits and the state after 40, 50 years of the most prosperous time in our history. And I know that we're going through economic problems at the moment. But yeah, the economy goes up and down. But in general, the last 50 years have been the most prosperous in our in our history. You look at the enormous wealth that's been created, more millionaires and billionaires and just generally wealthy and comfortable people than ever before. And, and bear in mind, the people that have lived over the worked over the last 40, 50 years have had full employment. They've had good pensions from companies and governments. They've had free this and free that, which are not available anymore. They've had relatively full employment everywhere. So and if they're still retiring broke, it's because they're not managing their money well. So the younger people now will not have such a good run as the baby boomer generation born after the war that have had it much better, I think, than the younger people coming in to the market now. So they're the people I think they need to really get a grip on their finances and, and learn how to manage their finances. And that's why I'm offering my uh, training, uh, which I would sort of brand under um, financial education for financial freedom. So check that out in the link below. 
in the meantime, I will see you before the end of the week unless something dramatic happens in, in the markets today. Thanks for listening and bye for now. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Check out that link below. Thank you.